Ralph kind of uh, set a precedent last week with the, uh, the sermon, if we could call it that, uh, that he preached, uh, a story uh, that he told uh, around Mary. And I thought I'd like to pick up on that, if I may, and do something similar today. Uh, so I'd like to read you the story, uh, but the story of Elizabeth. Uh, I don't want to read it from Scripture per se, but rather just to tell the story uh, of, of Elizabeth, uh, the wife of Zechariah, the mother of John the Baptist, uh, and a family member of, of Mary. And so I, I'd like to read it to you. It's, it's modern English. Uh, just uh, see it for what it is. But it kind of tells the story differently. And I think that's nice. You know, as, as preachers, we often struggle to be relevant, uh, to tell the old story differently or in modern terms. So here's a, here's a go at it. Let me read it to you, and then I'll have a few thoughts to end. By the sixth month of her pregnancy, Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, 65 years old, was blooming. God had smoothed my wrinkles, she said. He has filled my breasts with life again and given my body weight for a while. She called herself a gird. She said she was like a cucumber. So quickly had she swelled up. Her womb was full, a baby. In three months, when Elizabeth turned 66, she would also bend forward and bear a baby into the world. Ah, she spent her days attending to the domestic work as if she were young again. And except in the afternoons when she took dozy little naps, Elizabeth spent the daytime humming and whistling and singing songs. Then early one evening she heard a rapping on her door. She wiped her hands and went to see who, it was, who was there. Zechariah didn't hear the knock. Zechariah wouldn't have heard a hammer on his anvil or thunder in the heavens ever since the night of his vision of angels as he described it in writing to her. The old nailsmith had been completely deaf and dumb. So Elizabeth opened her door herself, and there stood his nephew's child, Joachim's little girl, whom she had not seen in years. Mary, Elizabeth cried, pretty Mary, it's you, but, but you're alone. But this was not a common visit, and Mary was not a child anymore. Her dark brows were lifted in an intense appeal, and her eyes were filled with beseeching. Clearly, she had come with a question. Then several things happened so swiftly that they were all one thing, and that thing was the revelation of God. Mary's eyes dropped to Elizabeth's breast and then to her belly. In the softest of whispers, she said, Hail, Elizabeth. Immediately, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped up in her heart, and old Elizabeth shrieked. Because Elizabeth suddenly understood everything the child inside of her, the reason for Mary's appearing, the glory of the days in which they were living, the great thing that God was starting to do. Oh, Mary, Elizabeth cried. She grabbed her young niece by both her arms and pulled her into the house. Mary, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary mouthed the words, my womb? Elizabeth gathered the woman in a crushing embrace and howled, What a gift has been given me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Mary said, You know about me? Elizabeth released her, covered her face, and began to cry. 
Mary, I know, she said, I know what child is in you right now. As soon as you spoke to me, the babe in my own womb jumped for joy. And that was a prophecy. Oh, sweetheart, blessed are you to have believed that the Lord would fulfill the word he spoke to you. He told me that I would conceive a child, Mary said to Elizabeth. He said that the child would be holy, the son of God. He said my baby would be called the son of God. Elizabeth stepped past Mary, shut the door of the room, returned, took her niece by the hand and led her to a small three-legged stool. Gently, Elizabeth urged her to sit, and then she knelt down before Mary and the two women gazed at each other, one whose hair all white was gathered in a braid, the other whose hair hung around her shoulders like a black cape. Mary whispered, things are changing, Elizabeth. I think God is turning the whole world upside down. What do you think? The older woman started to nod, but the words were pouring from Mary now. God is lifting up the little people, a lowly maid like me. Elizabeth, he's blessing me. Next he will knock the mighty from their thrones, and hungry people will eat, and rich people will go hungry. Things are changing, I know it. The world will not be the same tomorrow. Does anyone else know this too? Elizabeth reached for Mary's hands, put them on the tough roundness of her own womb. This baby knows it, she said, and maybe my old husband knows something too. God is rising up just as he did for Israel in Egypt. Mary's eyes were filled with a hectic brightness. The times themselves were converging in her mind. Elizabeth watched the young woman fairly explode with understanding. Mary said, God is remembering his people. He is remembering the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and Abraham's children forever. Oh, Elizabeth, my soul magnifies the Lord. I can't help it anymore. My spirit is rejoicing in God, my Savior. Mary stayed with Elizabeth and Zechariah for three months after that. Often the women murmured and chatted together as if they were the same age, not half 100 years apart. And when the commotion caught his eye, Zechariah would look up and smile as well, but his participation was limited. In, on the other hand, he was forever tender with his wife now. He touched her cheek with the back of his fingers. His eyes were voluble with expression, and Elizabeth's eyes were of an excellent listening. She understood. It was Elizabeth who remembered Joachim and Anne and Joseph. She sent word that Mary was visiting, acting now as her companion and soon as her midwife. Then, when the old woman went into labor, she took immense satisfaction in screaming. She paid attention to the strapping pain, the astonishing strength in her old body, and she gave voice to every new degree of hurting. She screamed like a 16-year-old. Everyone in the village knew that the day had arrived when a baby was coming to a woman who had been barren longer than most of them had lived. It was a boy. Elizabeth had known that it would be a boy. Zechariah had written it down on tablets. A son filled with the Holy Spirit already in your womb. A son, and we shall call his name John. When her jubilant screaming was done and the thin thread of infant squalling had begun, then the neighbors knew and soon they would came to visit. They praised the newborn baby. They rejoiced with his mother. They grinned at the old man bobbing their heads up and down as if, they'd lost his, as if he'd lost his brains as well as his hearing. And on the eighth day of the child's life, friends and relatives of Zechariah and Elizabeth gathered for his circumcision. In the midst of the ceremony, a rabbi to, ref, to refer 
a rabbi began to refer him as Zechariah. They were naming the boy after his father, Zechariah. But when she understood their intent, Mary stood up and cried, No. She moved towards her son, saying, He shall be called John. And in essence, that's all we ever know about Elizabeth. Just this little bit. Both Ralph last week and I have used some poetic license uh, in our uh, two sermons last week and today. And we, we did it, I think, to try and dramatize what is essentially a story we've all heard countless times. And yet, and yet somehow they could be as fresh as ever. To sermonize over the lives of Mary and Elizabeth is very difficult because of the simplicity and the brevity of the story. It's very short. That's the only reference we have of Elizabeth in Scripture. But by using some poetic license to tell the story, our hope, I think, is that somehow we have maybe added a new feeling to the greatest story ever told. Kind of modernized it, if you like, or made it relevant uh, for us today. And so perhaps the one thing to note is that throughout the story of these two women, the one thing we have to note is the enormous power of God at work in their lives and how interwoven they are or were and how again and again in Scripture God uses the little people. And this is where it gets relevant. Again and again in Scripture God uses little people, ordinary people like you and me, to tell his story, to make a difference, however we do that, in this broken and fallible world of his. Who else does God have to tell his story other than you and me? You know, we all need someone special uh, in our lives. Some of us here today are sitting next to that special person. Some of us have lost that special person. Someone who has made a difference or is making a difference in our lives. Someone who has opened our eyes to the power of God. And you don't have to be an ordained minister to reflect the power of God in your life. Someone who has made a difference, or who makes a difference. We all need someone who has opened our eyes to the power of God and very often revealed this power in the simplest of terms and in the simplest of stories. But sometimes the stories have the power to change lives forever. And maybe some small act of kindness, compassion, caring that we have given as a gift to someone else has the power to change their lives. And perhaps the greatest thing of all is that very often we don't even know that. But then it's not our business. Do our lives tell the story of the risen Christ, of the baby of Bethlehem? Do our lives tell that stories? Because that story, our lives have the power to change other lives forever. If we live lives that do justice to what Jesus does in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. 
The stories of Mary and Elizabeth are two such stories. But think about this, please, as I come to an end here. Who or what special person told you the Jesus story? Can you remember? Can you remember that one person who told you the Jesus story? It could have been a Sunday school teacher. It could have been a colleague at work. It could be anybody. Anybody who spoke a word or lived a life that tells the Jesus story, told the Jesus story. Because these stories have the power to change lives forever. Stories of Mary and Elizabeth are two such stories. But who told you the Jesus story? In some little Sunday school classroom way back in the year dot, where you were looking at your watch and wondering when this teacher was going to stop talking or whatever, who told you the Jesus story? Because these stories have the power to change lives forever. Do you know who told you the Jesus story? And if you do know, have you told them that they made a difference in your life when they told you the Jesus story? Have you told anyone? Will you? The stories of Mary and Elizabeth have changed the world forever. But will we continue to let our lives tell the endless story of Jesus and his love? Will our lives today tell the endless story of Jesus and his love? Because if we don't tell it, who knows that whoever we are speaking to may never hear it? And I think, I think, in fact I know, that God looks at each and every one of us and asks us to tell a story. Sometimes not by the words we speak, but by the lives we live. The stories of Mary and Elizabeth have changed the world forever. Will we continue, will we continue to let our lives tell the endless story of Jesus and his love? I pray so. I really pray so. Let's pray a moment. Father, thank you for the endless story. Because in essence, the story has no end. The story of Jesus and his love. Father, thank you for reminding us today that like Mary and Elizabeth, 
our lives can tell your story. Our lifestyles can tell your story. Our faith can tell your story. Our joy, our laughter, and sometimes our sorrow as well. Thank you for reminding us that we can tell the story. And sometimes it's not the words we speak, but the lives we lead, the actions that we use that tell your story. May we as a church tell your story to Benoni and Kempton Park and Boxburg and the world around us. Tell the story of Jesus and his love and how that love has changed our lives and can change the lives of everyone we speak to. So we thank you. We thank you for your word, O God. Thank you, Jesus, for your life and death and resurrection, for your ministry of reconciliation and wholeness and love. Hear our prayer as we bring it to you in the strong and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.